Hey, Sean. No. <laughs> you know what really is pissing me off right now? Uh, my inability to answer questions correctly. Yes. Um, and the fact that I just renewed my license plate. I just got the new sticker for the back of our license plate. We got the two-year uh, registration, and the Ontario government decided to no longer do the sticker program. And now I have to wait for a refund. In April. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's so annoying. The best part is you also get 2020s, right? I know. So it's like I paid for two years right now, and I get uh, one year back. But it's just kind of frustrating because I could have used that uh, money for... I don't know, some more Star Wars Lego or something. Bro, you're going to get three years back. You're going to get 2020, 2021, and then this year plus. So you're going to get like 400 bucks. Oh, man, that's like four Lego sets. Actually, you know, we're going to get less for this year because in Northern Ontario, two years is the price of one equivalent in the Southwestern Ontario. God, what's it like to live in snow and black Uh, flies? (laughs) I haven't seen the Jumanji-sized flies just yet. but uh, Don't worry, they're coming. You know what uh, is never going to be refunded because you can never get the time back? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> this episode of the Scene on Screen podcast. Hey, whether it's your favorite tabletop adventure, movie, or video game, we've got you covered. Welcome to the Scene on Screen podcast with your hosts, Sean and David. As much as I love the Boba Fett intro that we did last week, I much prefer the sultry sounds of the Scene on Screen podcast theme song. Yeah, it always gets you bumping. How are you, my friend? How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, Are you you excited? I'm excited. There's uh, lots to talk about, lots to kind of dabble in today. And if you stick around through the episode, you might meet somebody pretty special, too. Oh, really? Yeah, it's David's twin brother, Bruce. <laughs> Bruce, that's my uncle's <laughs> name, actually. Well, so now your twin brother. Um, first and foremost, welcome to the show. Um, thank we you. We want to thank <laughs> you. You're, you're welcome. That, that reminds me. Do you remember that um, the episode of The Office where um, David comes in and he's like saying hello to everybody, and then he gets to Kevin, and Kevin's like, "Hi." And David's like, hello. And he's like, hi. Who's, who, who's David? <laughs> David Wallace, the boss? Like the, uh, the, the um, I guess the director or the CFO. Um, oh, see, I don't know characters from The Office. Oh, so he's the guy in the nice suit that's Michael's boss. That's not Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he, he goes around the room and like Kevin keeps saying hi to him. He's it's like, hi. <laughs> oh, that that's my name. My name's David. Um. <laughs> No, first off, big shout out to Jay. Thank you again for coming out on the show last week. Um, you've really done, you've left quite the impression on our Star Wars fans. The amount of feedback I've been receiving has been extraordinary. And uh, we're really excited for the next time our paths shall cross. Yeah, that'll be at some point after uh, Kenobi, obi yeah, like- Kenobi. June. You know, the more I thought about it after we left that episode too, the more I was very worried and concerned of how Obi-Wan would be uh, portrayed. And also just with everything they did with the book of Boba Fett, they're going to make some shit up and it's going to be awful. 
Well, I saw a poster or a picture that was posted on Reddit the other day, and it had a breakdown of like confirmed things or rumors for the Obi Nobi Kenobi uh, series. And there's some stuff in there that if it actually happens, I will be disappointed because it was some things that we talked about in the uh, Boba Fett episode that we just uh, released last week. Uh, some things that we had talked about that we were hoping that they weren't going to do, they had mentioned that they're going to do something very similar. The lightsaber um, fight? Is that what it's, yeah, this is all going to be like about? That. Like, it's going to be, yeah. Apparently there's going to be uh, multiple fights between Darth Vader and Kenobi and yeah, who knows? But like, Jay had it right. If he knew, Obi Wan would have died already. Absolutely, yeah, he's so, re- so relentless. But before we get off the Star Wars train, do you want to hear the original intro we recorded for last week's episode? Yes, I do. <laughs> so, uh, for some context, you guys, actually, you know what? We'll explain it after. It's just too fun to not have you guys listen to. Welcome to a special episode of the Scene on Street podcast. Join John, David, and their special guest, Jay Bartlett, as they talk about the Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian, and all things Star Wars. From Wookiees to Jawas, we've got you covered on 96.9 The Lake. (laughs) I think we've taken the radio station bit too far, but we're going to continue to pound it. You know, until someone's at our door telling us to stop. <laughs> yeah, like we're we're not going to go as, as excessive as like I don't know Howard Stern and his Baba Booey, but we are going to enjoy the fact that anytime we can come up with a radio stinger ad, we're going to say it because we think it's hilarious. Yeah, and we have to enjoy what we're doing as well. And you know, um, some of our listeners do also enjoy it, so it's, that's it's why we do true. this. We do it for you guys, the people who. Uh, willingly put us in your ear holes every friday <laughs> so open up those ear holes and turn the music up to 10 <laughs> um, b- bust your eardrums only on 86.9 the lake you have to like uh, emphasize different parts of the <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like tv uh tv news you know like how they emphasize different parts of the sentences or how they also same. Yeah, like they, they delay some things. It's like, mm-hmm. what you're eating for dinner could kill you. Find out after the break. And you're like sitting there eating. You're like, holy fuck, is it chicken? <laughs> sitting there. You're like literally <laughs> start choking on a, a chicken wing or something like that. <laughs> is it chicken? That that um that joke never gets old. The other thing that I, I forgot that we didn't talk about last week because we had a strictly Star Wars episode and I'd be remiss to not mention it. The Doctor Strange trailer that was just dropped blew, like a week and a half ago blew everybody's mind. Please tell me. Oh, you yeah. saw it. I did. I, I actually think I saw it before you did. Charles Mother Flippin' Xavier. I thought you were going to say Manson. Manson. No. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> Charles Manson. He's in the house. But like the Ultron bots, the fact that we're probably going to get Superior Iron Man, we need... Hold on, who's Superior Iron Man? So Superior Iron Man is a member of the Marvel Illuminati, which is a different version of Iron Man from a different um, dimension or reality. 
And it is originally the Iron Man that Tom, uh, Tom Cruise wanted to play because Tom Cruise didn't want to play an Iron Man in which his face was covered. Oh, well, Tony Stark or uh, um, Robert Downey Jr. proved that his face wasn't covered for yeah. a majority of <laughs> the Iron Man movies. And now Tom Cruise is going to get his chance to play Iron Man. And it kind of sucks. Is, but I'm, Is it confirmed that he's playing Iron Man? It's fairly like there's until we know. Until the movie comes out, we I guess we really don't know. Because there was another character that uh, some p- people had talked about. That there's some rumors that uh, Tom Cruise was going to play more of like an evil type character. That so Superior Iron Man is evil. Oh well, I don't know. Is he actually called Superior Iron Man? Or are you just saying that because you like him better? No, no, that's that's his name. What a stupid name! There, it's a it's part of like a six book series that came out. I want to say in twenty. 20- I, I have it loaded into uh, my Marvel Unlimited app because I got a really good deal at, at Christmas for a year's worth of comics and I couldn't pass up the opportunity. But uh, you know what I'm really disappointed about? Lots of things. Well, <clears throat> the the one thing that I've been most disappointed since I want to say maybe mid-December is that I haven't had a chance to, and I still haven't had a chance to see Spider-Man No Way Home yet. It's leaving theaters in a week. I know. The uh, local movie theater here actually has uh, signs up for uh, Batman starting on March 4th. So I, if the theater, I swear to God, if the theater is open this weekend, I am going to go see Spider-Man. I don't even care. I'm going to go see Spider-Man. Wait, are your theaters not open yet? Uh, so the the theater here was uh it's pretty tiny um it did close down due to uh the restrictions and stuff like that because they just couldn't uh really justify being open right like it's a small theater and they get most of their money from concessions right that makes it uh and then i think they just continued to remain closed because they were renovating so i guess they changed like the seats and stuff like that so i've walked past this theater multiple times but I've yet to step foot in there. I think I might, uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll do a uh, little video for our Instagram. Uh, it'd be like David's first movie. <laughs> I, I'd love to see it. I, yeah, I'll, I'll share that with, I'll share that with all the masses. Uh, and then speaking... they'll probably be like, sir, you need to ta- stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, sir. This is a Wendy's. Sir, <laughs> We don't even have Wendy's here. They can't even say that. It's going to make me cry. Really? Anyways. Yeah. Wow. I'd like it's funny because when I send you messages about um like other things that we're kind of doing um in our own personal lives, like the other day I sent you a message I'm like, hey, does your city have this? If not, how far are you willing to drive to go get said item? Yeah. And I feel bad, but you're not the only one who has to deal with that pain, so it kind of works out. Yeah, um, it's not too bad. So it could be worse. Let's let's talk a little bit about video because you, you brought up movies and uh, I, th- I think we're about to see a breakthrough on um, the old switch. What I'm talking about here is the fact that Crunchyroll is being launched on the switch. That's well, it's already a, out now, isn't it? Yeah. It came out the, like as of today. Day? today. Yeah. We have no idea what day it is anymore, guys. It's sorry, but this is huge. They're they're now allowing video on your Switch, which means maybe someday 
if I were to guess, it's going to be Disney Plus over Netflix. But all right, you've got my attention. Let's see it. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. What 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 do you think? Like I know anime is not for everybody, so I, I get that, and I, I understand why this would probably be the first thing that they would try because the Switch is also insanely popular overseas, specifically in Japan, the home of Nintendo. I think this is an incredible step forward for a company that is five steps behind. Yeah. Like I'm surprised that uh, it's taken this long for there to actually be a dedicated streaming service on the Nintendo switch. Um, I think for the longest time, everyone's been hoping for and wanting and expecting Netflix to go on there because Netflix, literally you could watch Netflix on your microwave. (laughs) You, you really? can, yeah. <clears throat> so the fact that it's, one, not Netflix, that's first. And two, uh, it's like an anime-centric um, platform. One, this means that uh, this is like one asterisk now. Uh, <laughs> it means that Nintendo is actually starting to pay attention to the fan base a little bit. But also... They are tailoring it to what probably is their main demographic. Like everyone has a Netflix and stuff like that. But think about it. If if not a lot of people subscribe to Crunchyroll versus Netflix, if this platform has to use the Nintendo Switch online service to maybe just to establish a connection with Crunchyroll servers. I'm just I'm just coming up with this idea if Can it's going to put devil's a, advocate before you go on, to no, it though no <laughs> if this is if this is a going to put a strain on the nintendo switch online platform at all might as well put it on a lesser used platform than say netflix or amazon prime or disney plus now you can play devil's advocate so the wii u which was legitimately a potato microwave had netflix and the, the biggest problem with that was when you were watching Netflix on the Wii U, you would be able to send it to the television, but it would also play on the little mo- the, the little screen, which is yes, essentially like the world's worst touch screen ever. Like it was very like soft and jelly. I don't know. That, that's the way I would describe it. It was it's not a very a, good feeling. It's called a resistive touch screen, not capacitive as you are uh, used to. Okay. But just just to keep stirring the pot here, Nintendo already had this. They already had YouTube, I believe. And I, I'm going to Google it right now. I'm pretty sure they had Crunchyroll originally, too. Uh, yes, it was on there. But so what I'm saying, though, is we don't know how the Nintendo online network works on the Switch, right? Like, we, we don't know if everything is required to go through Nintendo's servers first before it can make a connection to a third-party server. Whereas the Wii U didn't have a Nintendo online service type thing, like where it was like they had their, um, they had like an online stuff, but it was like a game by game basis. And this, the console had its own connection to the Nintendo servers for, you know, like the eShop and Miiverse and whatnot, but individual games didn't have to go through a Nintendo servers. So if that's the case where this, 
like like if everything on the Nintendo Switch has to go through a Nintendo server, then it would make sense to launch a platform that, while it still has a significant user base, is nothing compared to Disney Plus or Netflix or Amazon Prime Video. So launch a lesser used platform, see how it affects the network, and then Nintendo can make adjustments from that point on. You know, like they're making bank on uh, their online subscriptions because how many people pay for online and then actually aren't playing online? That's the thing, too, that I was thinking about is like in the whole Nintendo expansion pass why why couldn't you make something like i i think this is why disney plus will be what kind of goes to it because almost every company has some sort of deal with disney plus right like a lot of local cable companies in ontario give away a year of disney plus or a year of amazon video mm-hmm. it just depends on what carrier you go to um even xbox you can change you could trade in your game pass rewards for 3 months of disney plus you have to you have to play a lot and do a lot of stuff to get these rewards, but you can get three months at a time through mm-hmm. Microsoft. Now, a little trivia for you: Do you know what um, other video options were available on the Wii U aside from Netflix and Crunchyroll? There was three uh, other products. There was there Amazon Prime. Was there Prime Video? Yeah, Prime Video is one. Uh, Hulu. Yes, sir. And I I can't think of the last one. It it um it is YouTube. Oh, I I guess I wasn't really thinking YouTube of as well one of now, those platforms. Like compared compared to like 2013, you're totally right, dude. If, the the Nintendo 3ds had YouTube and Netflix. That's craziness. <laughs> so what we're right? saying is, it is about time. And speaking of YouTube, I crossed over to the dark side. You finally sort of did it. It did it to me. I now have YouTube premium. Oh, are you paying full price for it? No, I got it for free for six months. Oh, nice. Then I won't have it anymore. Guaranteed. And I'm not well, going to pay full you, price for that. When it runs out, we'll talk. Oh, okay. Sounds like another familiar offer. <laughs> Um, yeah, essentially I bought my Chromecast. I bought a new Chromecast cause, um, we left my old Chromecast at, um, the other half's parents cause it worked well with their TV and it worked with all their other Google stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll pick up a, like I had another one kind of sitting around and I finally installed it and it had a six month coupon on it. I was like, how do I not take this offer? I think it like might have had something to do with all my other Google products as well because there was a three month mm. in there, but I got to double it down. So it's pretty sweet. That's cool. Do you want to stay Nintendo? Because we got uh, we got a little bit more Nintendo news here. Well, I'm gonna tell you once you go YouTube Premium, you, don't you go can't back. go back. Yeah. yeah. Um, the fact that I've been like a week now without any sort of advertisements has been mind blowing. I feel. Like, I wonder how YouTube monetize, uh, monetization works. Like, do you just get a cut or a percentage if somebody's using premium? Because it's not like using an ad blocker. That'd be something well, interesting to learn. I'm I'm not sure how the ads per se work for um, videos, but I know that that YouTube does pay out or Google does pay out per per view as well. So maybe maybe 
people who are watching who have uh, YouTube Premium, they their payout is slightly higher, like maybe like three cents versus one cent for for every view. Oh, that's interesting. So that's kind of cool. Um, moving on to more Nintendo news, kind of a little bit of a bombshell from Nintendo. The 3DS and the Wii U eShop is shutting down in 2023. Now, you may think, oh, that's not a big deal. It's huge for the 3DS. Is it really consequential to the Wii U, which is now, I think, the second most modded system on the market? No, not at all. Well... There, how many people are firing up their like completely legal Wii U's and Lots of downloading from the eShop? You you think there's still a large player base? Uh, I think so. I think there's still a decent number of people. The thing is, is that I I don't know if it's uh if it's changed since um, I modded my Wii U, but uh, I do know that the, at the time the only way to actually um, soft mod the Wii U was if you purchased a specific 3DS game or sorry, a specific DS game off the eShop. So if they haven't changed the way to mod the system um, and you still require this Nintendo DS game, like the virtual console game, then when the eShop shuts down, that is effectively is removing any ability to soft mod the Wii U. I guess Nintendo might say that they finally figured out how to stop piracy on their console. So there's a list of some of the top games that you could still get at a regular price on the eShop versus trying to find them out in the wild. These games include Super Smash Brothers for the 3DS, New Super Mario Bros. 2, Monster Hunter 4, Fire Emblem Fates Revelation, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask 3D, which, if you have a Switch, is dropping on Nintendo 64. Yeah, but it's not the same. I know. I'm just saying. Like, the game is officially coming. Uh, Mario Kart 7, uh, Metroid, Summus Returns, Fire Emblem Awakening. And then for the Wii U, Xenoblade Chronicles X, The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker HD, Nintendo Land. That game alone, worth it. Um, the original Splatoon will go extinct. Because it is a very hard game to find in the wild. Nobody's um, playing it anyways. I know, but like, still the single player of that game was really, really fun. It's That's a collector's true. item. Monster Hunter 3, Mario Kart 8. Have you seen how much people are charging for copies of Mario Kart 8 for the Wii U? Which, yeah, I don't understand why. It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to do a quick same game. <laughs> anyway, it's like, so what this really kind of leads to, it's a bigger issue, is is and we had this well there this was threatened previously by microsoft or was it no it was sony was previously threatening to uh end the playstation store for uh the ps3 and the vita and then there was outrage from that and then they kiboshed that plan for the time being um but when nintendo does it Nobody really bats an eye. But all of these people that have purchased games, and I I have a bunch of legally purchased games on my um, Wii U. And will I be able to re-download? Like, will I be able to download those? Like, are they 
shutting down the ability to even re-download any purchased content. Um, and within Nintendo abandoning the eShop on both of these consoles in 2023, the chances to try out these games are pretty slim. But it doesn't say if you still own the DRM to it. Like I know, because I know, like when, sometimes you can't. Well, see, I know that like when some companies remove a game off of their store front because of licensing or whatnot, if you still if you've purchased a game digitally, you can still download it because like the files are still on their servers and like that you just can't purchase them anymore. So it'll be interesting to see if Nintendo is actually just completely shutting down their online servers. Com- like completely for the uh, Nintendo Switch, or sorry, the uh, Wii U and the 3DS, or are they just shutting off the storefront and the ability to browse that, but you can still access and download your purchases from their servers? We'll find out sooner or later, but I'm hopeful that you can still access those products. Could you imagine? Yeah, because using all that digital content. <laughs> Well, and that's the problem with, and that's why I will always go for consoles with uh, physical media. Because if they shut down the store, or if they remove it from from the store, and they can effectively take away your ability to play a game that you paid money for. So, yeah. it's a it's kind of a dicey thing. Um. Okay, so it says that it means that you won't, broadly, it means that you won't be able to buy or download new games on the 3DS or Wii U shop. And you also won't be able to purchase in game content, download demos, or free to play software, redeem download codes, or add funds to your 3DS or Wii U account. But I don't see anything else. Oh, that is so annoying. Um,. Oh, oh, can I still re-download games? As long as you already own a 3DS or Wii U, you can re, um, own a game on 3DS or Wii U, you will be able to re-download it from the eShop for the foreseeable future. That means re-downloading will still be possible after the March 2023 deadline. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. They're shutting it down next year? Yep, one year. Oh, whatever. People are making a big stink about it now. Well, yeah, that's how the internet works. They're going to forget about it. And then, you know, I guaranteed in like in February of next year, people will be like, oh my God, like get your pitchforks ready because we're going to riot. So this, remember, this is what's going to happen. I just looked at um, the cost of an open version of uh, Mario Kart 8 Wii U. It's about 25 bucks. The eShop's about the same. So there's no money to be made on that right now. But looking at a list of some of these games, do you think what's happening is the same thing that happened with Super Mario All-Stars or 3D All-Stars? People are going to start collecting these games, trying to find them. And uh, then March 2023, you're going to see copies of like Animal Crossing New Leaf for the 3DS for like $150 because people just have them. It's going to build up this, this... this supply and demand that is so known, especially on the Nintendo collector sites, these games that already have like decent value, like Donkey Kong tropical freeze Mm -hmm. is going to have an exorbitant price tag as of April, 2023, because it's going to be impossible to find. You can't download it just to download it. It's going to be gone. 
It's a and and part of that is going to be people who have a game that are trying to bank on it, right? Like they they're the whole scalper mentality, right? Someone wants this game, I'm going to sell it, and I know that it's only worth twenty dollars, but I'm going to sell it for seventy. Like and Super then, you know, Smash then, Bros. Wii U is one of the most like I thought it was one of the most expensive ones, but yeah, you can do whatever you want, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's you know like after and after working at uh, like a game store and stuff like that for a bit that dealt with some uh, trade ins and stuff like that, kind of seeing how that market worked and it it opened my eyes to the used game market. And I would rather buy games from a uh, an individual selling it who I can negotiate with, and and not a a company or a business that's trying to get as much money out of something just because they looked on a website and saw that someone else sold it for this amount of dollars. So I'm going to price at that too, right? So I don't know. We'll, we'll see how the things how the industry changes with. Uh, all these systems going offline, so to speak. Uh, and, I'm going to give you yeah. three websites, and I'm going to let you guess which price is on which site, okay? So the three websites are Amazon, eBay, and Poshmark. For those who don't know, Poshmark is the new Kijiji, essentially. Is it? Um, yeah, so Poshmark um, is good for like trading clothes and stuff. Um, also, like good sporting equipment electronics that kind of stuff it's actually a pretty cool app Guaranteed it's just kind that of no like, one's using it where i live yeah could you <laughs> um i can't remember what the other app was like that um but you could just throw things on there and if people were in the area it was kind of like oh you can jump on it or you could like go away i can't remember what it was called red something red cell cell red something i don't know okay so the first price is 1580 do you think that is on eBay, Amazon, or Poshmark? Uh, eBay. Ding, ding, ding. Correct. $81.99. Amazon or Poshmark? Well, what's the other price? $25. I say Amazon is $81 and Poshmark is $25. Very good. <laughs> I don't think I have the applause anymore. That's right. Amazon is always like way overpriced for for stuff like that. So, so this is telling me right now the used market is at an all time low for the Wii U, which is great mm-hmm. because I looked at some of these games not that long ago to see what their value was because I have some fairly good condition Wii U stuff, and it didn't really like move the needle. The one item that I did find had a ton of value was the original Wii U GameCube adapter, which I use on my Switch because it's the same adapter. But I opened it about a year ago, and I opened it when its value was like $200. Because for me to find one was really a lot of money. And I wasn't going to sell one and then hope that I could find a, a GameCube adapter, you know? Mm-hmm. But like that that was a choice I had to make. But it's it's peripherals for Nintendo that's kind of really out there. Yeah. So uh, the main website that I use to gauge an average value of a game that I have is pricecharting.com. 
And what it does is it takes a collection of sales for games on loose, uh, complete or new from eBay, Amazon, GameStop, uh, other websites, uh, individual sales, stuff like that. And it gives you a, a price range for for all of that stuff. So I use that and it seems to be fairly accurate. But it's interesting to look at the trends for games and, and everything. My biggest regret in gaming is selling a lot of my stuff. Because like my game collection would be shelves upon shelves upon shelves, but I've always been like not the smartest flipper because I would just flip things and be like, oh, trade three, get it free. And I know somebody just um, did this. They were going to do trade three, get it free, but they traded away. Instead of trading away Pokemon Sword, they still got 50 bucks for it, opposed to the $22 EB gave them. So it's uh, I that's my biggest regret in gaming. If I could uh, if I could go back and talk to past Sean, like, you know, take the red pill or the blue pill. I would be like, hold on to your Nintendo 64 stuff and don't rebuy it, you moron. Mm-hmm. Um, hindsight is, uh, you know, uh, what what's the saying? Hindsight is, uh, is behind always, you? No, hindsight is always 2020. <laughs> or in this case, hindsight is 2077. $20.77? No, Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, <laughs> um, she's back, baby. And uh, a year and a little bit later, they think they've figured it out. It got an 8.5 on the the next gen review, which is a lot better than the, what did it get originally? Like a six? If the that, game, yeah. The, the game is less broken. Um, I'm, I've, I've watched the new trailer. I've, I follow quite a few people who have been playing. The game definitely looks excuse me, a lot better than it did previously. I, I'm definitely interested in your thoughts that now, though, because you got your copy refunded, correct? No, I still have it. Did you buy physical or did you buy... Um... Yeah, man, I bought physical. So I have a digital version on my Xbox and I have a physical physical copy <laughs> for... A physical. Sorry, I'm a... I'm choking on my smoothie and I'm trying to like continue the conversation makes for good podcasting. We'll learn 86.9, the lake. <laughs> awesome. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I've been tempted to redownload and actually start the game for the first time. And I'm actually thinking about using this game or a different game for a streaming series that I'm going to start on our Twitch soon. Because I want to enjoy Ooh, the game, but I also yeah. I, I want to have company while I play. So uh, we're thinking just out loud here that Monday nights might be a, a game with Sean night where we uh, we game and we just uh, we play single player games, might play some sports games near drafts. Don't know. But Cyberpunk is definitely on the list of games that I want to take my time through and enjoy now that it's playable. Hmm. Are you worried still? Um, no, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, maybe now is the time where the game should have originally released. Um, but I don't know. I, after seeing that they released the update for next gen systems and they fixed a bunch of things, uh, I am also interested in diving back into it. I did try it out a little bit. 
when it first came out, saw a bunch of bugs and was just like, eh, whatever, I'll just wait for the next gen patch. So I know I'm, I'm there with you. My problem is right now that I want to, um, what's it called? I want to expand my Xbox before I go ahead. Like storage wise. Yeah. Like I just, there's no room on the Xbox. It's like the biggest downfall to the series X. Mind you, I have 200 gigs in call of duty. Yeah, like you, <laughs> out could, of my 500. you could, you could delete stuff. I could, but that I play like four games. Um, do you recall if the digital version that was purchased at launch included Series X? Because I think it was the multi one. Like, what do you mean? Like, Amazon currently is offering the like an upgraded version. Is that what I'm reading correctly, or should it be optimized for free? Because they also fucked that up. It's all optimized. It was all always going to be a free update. Oh, so then it would be Series X compatible regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've increased um, ray tracing modes on the Series S. Um, There's no longer a graphics mode selection, and everything is presented at 30 frames per second in 1440p. Ooh. Oh. But they don't have any information about the Series X here, which is also hilarious. But you know what? After looking at the... uh... I I last purchased this item on June thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. Uh, but you know what? I only paid fifty four dollars for it, so the it's, game uh, size it's, isn't bad. Sixty two forty games. bucks now. So I know, like the game was down to a, it was like down to what, like twenty bucks? Yeah, it was at the, launch like, and everything. The absolute bargain basement game, which I'm still expecting um, Dying Light to to kind of fall into, but. We we shall see. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one more um, little topic to hit before we hit a, a nice little surprise. I think you guys have been pretty good listeners today. I can't prove it. You could just have this on in the car while you're driving to work or on in the background just to support us because you're really cool people. But Backbone, I a wish I jumped on the Kickstarter for this when it was available and B like the advertisements I see for it, the amount that this thing is getting hyped up and the celebrity um, endorsement for this program or this product is by far one of the greatest gaming peripherals I've seen. So the gaming company backbone has released essentially a handset for your mobile device that works with either cloud gaming on the PlayStation or um, Xbox cloud gaming as well. Um, The original funding was backed by Ashton Kutcher, the weekend, Kevin Hart, Post Malone, Sean Diddy Combs, Amy Schumer, just a few people, you know, Um, discords, then CEO, Jason Citron, lots and lots of people. I've, had this in my Amazon cart numerous times, but part of me wants to buy it directly from their website to fully support this company. It is remarkable what this this handset has done. Why? On the Why? Really? It doesn't. I don't understand it. There are so many other controller attachments for mobile phones. Okay, so. Hypothetical here. Let's say you're super into Lost Ark and you have Steam on your phone, right? 
Okay. You flip your, your, your phone into landscape. You throw the controller peripheral around it. You can play Lost Ark. No problem. You don't need the, the keyboard and mouse. No latency because you're not connecting via Bluetooth to anything. Maybe maybe you're really into Forza and you want to... You're sitting on the subway and you're like, oh, you know what? I, I can't really put my phone on a kickstand and then pull out my controller. That'd be a bad example because there's no internet. But we'll just say hypothetically you're playing offline. You just snap it on. You're good to go. It looks to be the most comfortable gaming peripheral out there. And you don't have to connect anything. Just snap it on. Done. Well, like it. how does it connect to the phone? Uh, I do believe it's Bluetooth. So then... So, and I still don't understand what this what makes this any different than like it has maybe the interface for the app that you use that can connect directly to uh, multiple platforms like Stadia, PlayStation Now, and uh, Xbox Game Pass. Maybe sure. that's that's what's so special about it. Like it connects with um, uh, the Lightning port on the iPhone. I guess yeah, it doesn't it, have a. It connects right in. It's so. I, like I'm pretty sure there's an Android version as well. Doesn't look like it. That's I'm I'm on their website. Only iPhone. So sure for like iPhone users, this is uh, something handy. But for Android users, there's and and for iPhone because there are Bluetooth ones. Um, there are multiple options for well, uh, game controller attachments for phones samsung has its own right like it has its own attachment uh, peripheral I don't, for a I don't lot of its be- devices i don't believe so no uh, like but there's uh genki i believe makes one uh there is uh there's like a main one it's like made by like nvidia or something like that. um razor has one that's razor that's it compatible um, Samsung has also a wireless gamepad sold right through Samsung's website, actually. It is just called Gamepad. They really... Uh, oh, wait, that can't be it. That is definitely not it. That is a different item. <laughs> <laughs> it is That is for use of uh, Dex. The, the other gamepad is called the Quantum X Glap Gamepad which looks like it kind of like it does. It spreads right over your phone. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's definitely a different type of peripheral. It's definitely super interesting. But for me anyways, the way I'm kind of looking at it is like, if I wanted to play a game on the go, yes, I drive everywhere. I don't rely on public transit or anything. But let's say I'm waiting for something, waiting for a flight, doing anything. And I want to play some Xbox or PlayStation. All I have to do is log into the app and I'm, good i don't have to like pull out the controller i don't have to carry the extra controller it's compact it fits in a little case you just slide it into your bag you're good to go well it's it's not that compact it's small it it doesn't look like if you look at the photos of it without a phone in there there's still the the same width now if you want something that's actually truly compact you want to go with the razor Kishi controller, which actually folds up very compactly and it works for Android and iPhone. And it's only 90 bucks for the iPhone version. You can get the one for Android for uh, 70 bucks. Or if you get the Xbox branded one, um, that one's 
on Amazon, like a hundred bucks. Then there's the game, sir X two, which, uh, same kind of idea as it, it makes your phone look like a Nintendo switch. Cause like the controls are very similar to that, that as well as under a hundred dollars. Um, there's a Bluetooth version of that one, as well as a USB C and lightning sort of burst your bubble, but this isn't anything new. I know like I this just, one. I- it's, this it's one, taking the market by storm. That's why I wanted to, to it bring looks, it up. It looks like it's much more ergonomic. Ergonomic? It looks like it's way more ergonomic and comfortable to hold. But it's not the first first uh, device on the market like this. Um, it, and yeah. it won't be the last. I remember having a Motorola phone that had the... Do you remember the the X the, the the I think it was called the X Power and you could like it was modular and you could like hook up speakers a game mm-hmm. console all that stuff to it yeah something like that yeah um the the biggest things to me anyways that were interesting for this were like the low latency on the controller the fact that it does have like through the app you can do game recording which was pretty cool like yeah you're you're still mm-hmm. playing a game and you're recording it on your phone but you're still like if you are trying to do some game content on the go and you wanted to record something to make a small video, you already uploaded into your phone. Um, and the fact that it did connect via lightning was huge. It, it's a low power draw, but it also would make the latency almost non-existent. It's not like it's relying on Bluetooth. I understand it's not for everyone and that's okay. I was just well, saying, I brought it no up it's because it's not. interesting to me. <laughs> I know you just said it wasn't for you. I don't know. It's it was, not it was, okay. It was interesting to me. I thought it was cool. I wanted to bring it up. Bite me. <laughs> <laughs> you you know that, who that's... won't bite me? Our next who? guest. Our good. We, hold on, hold on. Do we got? Uh, is, are yeah. we doing that now? Yeah, I think this are we is doing all that now. We're doing that now. All right, guys. So we haven't we haven't formally done this for you, <laughs> and we're sorry. Um, we understand that not everybody who listens to this show listens to Three Men and a Meeple. So you might not know that the aptly made, uh, named good friend Owen, and more specifically, you might not understand why we seemingly make fun of this Owen guy on a regular basis on this show. <laughs> now, now that I think about it, that's true. They're probably like, man, this Owen guy, they really hate this guy. Because no, he never him. listens to the podcast. But we'd like to welcome Owen to the scene on screen team. Like officially. He's been part of the Meeples team, but he is uh he's joining the rakes of uh scene on screen and he'll he'll be around to help out. He'll be around to talk about some things that he specializes in, but he'll mainly be still a mainstay on our Meeples program. Um, Owen, where are you, buddy? Yeah, you with us? Hello? Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. What, welcome to the other side. Um, yeah, this, this is, is weird. Safe, this is a safe space for you. We uh, yeah, it's a safe space. I don't. I don't we feel still safe. expect our Christmas presents that we haven't received yet, which is actually uh, David got his. It was in the mail. Like I said. Yeah, but uh, that doesn't count because you purchased purchased that like two months <laughs> after Christmas. It was belated. <laughs> hey, you so, know what? I'm a good friend because of that. You got to say it. Yeah, yeah. You're on this show. You're a good friend, but Meeples is a completely <laughs> different animal. Owen, tell our listeners at home what makes you tick. 
Uh, board games. That's that's it. <laughs> What's your favorite color? <laughs> I don't know. Some some kind of reddish hue. All right. What's your favorite food? Hamburgers. And your favorite prime minister? Oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah, don't answer that. I don't want to. I don't want to get political. <laughs> you know, I'll have people on my. You know, with their trucks in front of my place with their hockey <laughs> sticks and flags. <laughs> your favorite your favorite early 90s uh, fast food mascot? Uh, Hamburglar, I think. Is I was that, just, right? just going to say Hamburglar too. Well, yeah. Like, you know, favorite food is hamburgers. It's obviously got to be the Hamburglar, right? What, is he, what did he ever do with those hamburgers that he burgled? I don't, I don't know. know. He probably uh, has some sort of uh, hideout where he has just mountains of hamburgers, all rotted and old. Well, I guess Dude. if they're McDonald's hamburgers, they're like still like pristine. Like you can still eat them. <laughs> yeah, they don't go old. Did you guys he ever get the... like a... What's that? Sorry, go ahead, David. I was going to say he probably boring. has like a pile of. Yeah, I am. <laughs> he has <laughs> probably has like a pile of hamburgers. He's like, this is my meat, my meat. <laughs> He's just like oh, rolling around hamburgers. It. Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you guys ever get the mixtapes that McDonald's had where like the McDonald's what? cast would sing songs? No, no dudes. Uh, I've missed I will the try old and find some of those stuff. songs. Old like, McDonald's you say? Oh, old McDonald's. No, I miss the old McDonald, um, uh, like cups, like the glass cups with the stuff on it or like, you know, the old, uh, the old toys. I miss that stuff. The, the hamburger stools that you would sit on and they'd be not comfortable, but you were like, yeah, I had to sit on it to play Nintendo while you were at McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. And then you would eat so much McDonald's that later on you would have a hamburger stool. <laughs> 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 hamburger stools now only on 78.2, the lake. Oh, the lake. <laughs> it's my favorite, favorite thing. Um, speaking of favorite things, what about your favorite movies and video games? Let our listeners know who you are so they know to come back and see you. Yeah, sure. Uh, favorite movies. Uh, I had to like think about this. You know, like whenever you you talk to somebody, you're like, "Hey, what's your favorite movie?" and you just go blank and you just can't you can't think of it. You're like, "I there's so many movies I can like." Yeah, you love. just start like but, drooling. Yeah, you're like, Ugh. you're like trying to think of the last movies you saw, and you're like, "I I just can't think." Well, my favorite movies, I think, are oh, I can't think of them now. No, uh, it's uh, like uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars. So it's kind of classic. It's kind of classic movies from like the nineties. I love those who movies. F- like who who the fuck likes Star Wars? Nerd. Uh, Nerd. I'm sorry, all right. Oh my god. So I thought you were gonna say so who, who likes um Indiana Jones? I would be like, that is a great question. We should ask more people why they're not just thinking Harrison Ford is Han Solo. He's not Indiana Jones. I think he's both. I think it's like uh it's a dimensional thing. <laughs> But we learned last week that like some multiverse. characters can only be like, if you're going to be typecast, you're going to be named after what you're synonymous for. So the example we brought up was um, Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu, but he's not Samuel L. Jackson anymore. He is Nick Fury. Right. Nick Fury plays Nick Fury. Mace Windu was played by Nick Fury, who is portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Right. He plays that role so well that, yeah, you just think of him as that now. And it's not even typecasting because I think, what, has Samuel L. Jackson been in like over like 200 or 300 or some insane amount of movies, but like not as a lead actor, just as like, you know, 
a little cameo, a little bit part. He's just like, oh, yeah, I popped in, did this little part for this movie, and, and just moved on. Mm-hmm. He's do pretty you guys great. Remember, do you guys remember this uh, little-known Samuel L. Jackson movie? Uh, came out a few years ago in this summer on August 19th. It was about a uh, – it was based off a true story, actually. Samuel Jackson uh, played uh, a police officer in there, I believe. Uh, he portrayed a police officer who was on a plane and a Mexican drug cartel, I believe it was, um, filled this plane up with a bunch of snakes to try and kill a witness to a crime that they committed. I'm not going to lie to you. I've lost the plot on this because I assumed you were talking about snakes on a plane before <laughs> anything happened. Yeah, I, I think whenever you think of Samuel Jackson, you just think of snakes on a plane as well. Because of his line, really good. Right? classic line, like, oh. and English the funny motherfucker, is, do you speak it? Wrong movie, the but fu- still. The, yeah, yeah. the funny thing is about that movie is that it started off as a meme. Like, it started off as a joke. And then they're like, yeah, okay, we're going to make this movie. Yeah, like what a what an inventive way to kill somebody. <laughs> you got you know, got to give him props for that. Yeah, it's not that the, movie the came most, out. On- yeah, it's not the most foolproof way to kill somebody, but <laughs> no, that movie came out on my birthday, so I saw it on my birthday with my brother, and then I proceeded to see it like two more times because it was. She just it was such, loved it so much. It's it's honestly such a good movie, and the soundtrack was was primo. Was banging the theme song for Snakes on a Plane. Go listen to it, and you'll be like, "Yeah, David was right." I'm not gonna lie; I've actually never seen the full movie of really? Snakes on a Plane. Yeah, so uh, we need to we need to do a watch party. Yes, and oh, watch Snakes so on a Plane. Fun. There's yeah, gonna be so many watch parties. We're having like we're we're in discussion to also have a walk hard watch party, mm. which will be funny as hell. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll be uh, good. So Owen, that that's what you like movie wise. Uh, yep. What yep. about yep. games? Would you, like this is a gaming podcast. Primarily. It is. It's you know. Uh, I right now I'm playing Cyberpunk 2077. I am a huge fan, and I was actually a fan before this latest update. And I'd finished the game, uh, but now since the new update came out, I actually restarted, and I'm replaying the game back like uh, from start, and it's awesome. I love it with the new update. They definitely made a lot of great uh changes like the lighting effects are, are amazing just that's looks, our boy ray trace yeah it just looks so much more polished i noticed that um when you're walking around the city you don't see as many like duplicates of people because you would always see like two people walking next to each other with the exact same like character model and you just kind of like laugh about it but now with the new update they don't do that they like made it a bit more random hmm. um so there's a few uh cool things with the update but just in general like that game is so fun just to walk around and see the city and it's so huge so i'm really enjoying that right now so you've beat it is there a restart plus or a new game plus mode for it uh kind of like other games that are out there like um uh, the Last of Us and like the new Elden Ring game if you complete the story you have the ability to go back and still have all the side quests and stuff yeah yeah you finish the game and then you uh yeah the, and then you just go in and you just uh you know do whatever you want <laughs> you know it's still a big open world there's tons to do 
And I actually found a lot of the side quests to be more fun than the actual main, main quest. And there's just, uh, I don't think I even finished half the side quests before I finished the game the last time. And then I restarted because of the update. So there's still tons for me to do in the game. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, the story is great. The voice acting is phenomenal. The character is so well done. So I know everybody dunks on cyberpunk, which, you know, it's it's up to you how you want to see this game, but I really loved it. So definitely check it out. Like I want, I can't wait for you guys to play it. I mean, nothing's more dunkable now than Battlefield. I think oh, the, okay, the mantle yeah. has been passed on from Cyberpunk to probably one of the worst games of this generation and the last yeah. generation. Oh, I totally agree. So I am a huge shooter fan, and I think my favorite shooter of all time was Battlefield 4. Love that game. We played it tons. And I got super excited about this new Battlefield, and I bought it, and I played it, and now I just... I can't even pick it up. I, I think I tried to play a game the other day and the whole lobby was all bots. And I was like, this is garbage. This game is, is terrible. Oh yeah. The little like bot spawns where you get like five that you have to kill and then you just move on. No, it's one. like literally a multiplayer game, like the 120 whatever player uh, multiplayer. And if you look at the list of the players, there was only maybe I don't know, 30 people, 20 people on each team. And the rest was just filled in with bots. That's awful. It's terrible. And like, and that's bad because it's a cross platform game. You think you'd be able to fill up a lobby with, you know, people from PC and Xbox, but no, it's and PS5, but no, it's, um, it's bad. So I'm, I'm really bummed out. <laughs> Do you remember this little game for the PlayStation three called mag? Yes, that game was amazing. That game was phenomenal. It was yep. uh, 128 players on the PS3. It was massive. And I remember playing that game and getting... I was getting really good at that game. Yeah. Um, it was hard, right? Because like, the games, are, there's so many players playing it. Um, but then they shut the servers down. I would love for Meg to come back. So every once in a while, I actually do a, a Google search to be like a uh, new version of Mag. <laughs> yeah, because they shut the servers down years yeah. ago. Um, and I remember when they uh, were shutting the servers down, I, I loaded the game up and hopped in a game just to be there when I disconnected. Right. Yeah, um, And I like the way they did it because they had, so there was like a main objective in a building and everybody was kind of like had their own little pie slice that they were trying to get through to get into the building right so i don't know they, they it was a really good game really good system mm -hmm. and then yeah it ended and the cool thing is because the game was always evolving so when you you started the game up you picked your faction you picked there's one of three factions that you could select and that was it that's who you were for that game or for mm -hmm. forever unless you deleted your save altogether right um right. But then the map and the world in that was forever changing based off of how people were playing the game. So you could go in and play a game and take over a huge portion of the world map and then not play it for a week and then come back. And all of that stuff that you've taken over is is now owned by one of the other factions. So it uh, it was a game that never ended. But it was yeah. cool how it was, it was uh, essentially like a live service. Yeah, um, it was very good game. Like, and especially since you're, like you said, like so early on PS3, like 
it would be really cool if they actually uh, somebody picked that up and tried to do something with it again. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, uh, I did play. I, I think I have nine hundred hours of Smash Bros. under my belt. <laughs> Jeebus. Something crazy like that. I remember because um, my wife had the Switch online, so I was playing um, Smash Bros. under her account, and I racked up like four hundred hours under her account, and then. We got it from my account and I racked up like another 500 hours on my account. So it's insane. <laughs> um, just before we wrap up, uh, I forgot to mention through the show, but Elden Rings uh, comes out uh, the same day this episode launches. So today the, the, the game is out and the reviews look incredible. Now, David and I have had some bad luck recently with games that we've uh, We've looked at possibly wanted to purchase, and then the reviews have been doo doo water. What do you guys think of the Elden Ring A results? Because I think the lowest score I've seen for it is a nine out of ten, which um, is wild. But looks this crazy. is a this is a prime example of money can buy anything, including review scores. Yes, wait a second. Absolutely. Who told you that? What three letter <laughs> website possibly gets paid for reviews? Um, it rhymes with IGN. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Canadian grocery store, but with an N instead of an A. What? IGA, man. That's a, that's a grocery store here in Canada. Oh, I've never been there. So oh, yeah, well, where, where's an you, IGA? You, you live in the boonies. You should have at least an IGA. No, and no, we don't. There was one right near my old apartment. Oh. Yeah. Um, Elden Ring, like, I think there was such huge hype behind it that I think that there was a lot of reviewers that were paid off or they just were, even if they weren't and they got a review copy, you know, they just feed into the hype. And it happens. It's not always until we get a game to the masses where we start seeing the flaws in the games, right? They're always going to put their best foot forward in the in the reviews and and in the preview mm-hmm. materials, of course. And and we don't know the details of the review embargo, right? Like Sean, you remember when we were uh, doing some reviews uh, years ago for Microsoft games, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the review embargoes were like, and their rules were very strict. Yeah, like you so, cannot say negative things about this. <laughs> Well, like there was things like they didn't want us to read, like you couldn't review anything about like the multiplayer because it wasn't completely finished. Like even though that mm. we could still play it, you you weren't allowed to talk about it, right? Like so, um, we don't know the details of any of their embargoes for this one, but we also can just assume that when IGN got their uh, copy, their early review copy, there might have been a. Uh, few dollar dollar bills hidden under the disc so (laughs) from what i know about the ign review specifically the review was completed after 80 hours of play and the guy had clocked in over 87 at the time of release that damn can you imagine that's your job you just show up for work for two weeks straight every hour of your day yeah, that sounds uh well if it's that like if it's that kind of Dark Souls game, I think I would want to murder myself, you know. <laughs> I'd never get that it, game. The interview would be like, David, when was the last game that you completed? Um 
I I beat the marathon <laughs> mode in Tetris. Oh, there you go. <laughs> that that'd be incredible, David. Why do you want this job? Well, I like to play video games, and I think I can really give my input. Okay, what was the last game you completed, David? Are you there? Yeah. <laughs> it's just stone I have based. my own way of completing games. <laughs> yeah, it's called I've I've David my, Games. I've yeah. done my job. You haven't done anything. I've spoken. <laughs> yeah. That should no. be a segment we take going forward. Uh, and the David score of the game, and then you just yeah. divide whatever by three. <laughs> like I completed a third of it. Um, yeah. I don't no, know. But- I, look, I, I look forward to it. I think what's happening is that there's that nostalgia of the the Dark Souls, the Bloodborne, and the Sekiro games, uh, Sicario games, but also we haven't even had a really good Elder Scrolls game in a long time, and people crave this kind of game. And I bet you the next game that gets a 9 or a 10, that's like this, is going to be avowed. So it's because this is the kind of game people want because zombie games are so overdone. People want to get mm-hmm. back into this kind of like fantasy realm. And the fact that J- um, Tolkien did the, most of this game too, didn't he? Or was it George R. R. Martin? I it was Martin. Idea. It was the guy who did Game of Thrones. Yeah, George R. R. Martin. He did all the concepts for scenarios and stories. So this is a pretty hyped situation. That's cool. Yeah, I just, I that game mechanic of uh, dodging and, you know, those long overdrawn fights i just i can't do it i just get so frustrated and i like i've tried to play bloodborne i didn't play any of the dark souls game but i tried bloodborne and i got a little ways into it but after dying for the hundredth like hundredth time to get to the one boss i was like nah i'm good (laughs) so there's two games that i can't really stand or i have a hard time and it's jrpgs and pivot fighters like where you're fighting on an axis and that was mm. one of the reasons I was not interested in Guardians of the Galaxy because all their boss fights were on an axis. And I thought that was really like, it's so overdone. Like I don't were mind they? every once in a while. Yeah. Did you not know that? I didn't. They, I guess I just didn't notice it. it. It it had the same kind of formula as like the Arkham games where you would be on a pivot for a lot of the boss or everything would be front facing. I think one of the big um, battles that they showed off in the, the gameplay footage you could attack this centralized ob- like character, but you could just rotate around them. That was it. There was no, no free okay. And right. Like when you have games like um, Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West or Monster Hunter, that's all. The, it's all the same fighting mechanic. Like there is a hack and slash involved. But even watching the review, I did like that there was some freedom in Elden Ring where you had the ability to like kind of shoot your magic and take shots at things, but you didn't have to stay on that like pivot. Right. So we will, we will see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, and just quickly before we wrap this episode, um, a little birdie told me that you'll be doing some streaming on uh, our Twitch eventually, but you're doing it through your own at the moment. What are you streaming? Uh, actually, today I was streaming some Terraforming Mars gameplay. Uh, so if you're interested in any like tabletop uh, content, I'm going to try to do more of that, like different board games like uh, Wingspan, Terraforming Mars, um, just uh, you know whatever I can get my hands on. And then I was doing some Match at the Gathering card pack openings. Uh, but, you know, that, that gets expensive, <laughs> so I won't be doing too many of those. 
Well, we look forward to seeing it, and we look forward to having you as part of the the full-fledged team. Uh, for myself, David, and our our guest, Owen, uh, we want to thank you guys He's for so listening. He's so cool. He is so cool. <laughs> yeah, he's so cool. I, I've learned that I have to say David's name fast enough that he can't get that through. I know. <laughs> Just take the button away from him. I can't. He put one on his own computer. Oh, no. <laughs> um, we want to thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you think. As always, subscribe, follow, comment, and we will see you guys on the next episode of the Scene on Screen podcast.